and welcome to IGTV. I'm Angeline Ong, and we're focusing on fund flows in this investment uh, show with senior investment consultant at Square Mile Research, Jake Moller. Jake, thank you so much for joining us. There's been so much volatility. Uh, the banking crisis as well has spiced things up for uh, our clients and investors. It seems to have stabilized now. What do you think about this before we start talking about fund flows? It's been a quarter of three months, literally and figuratively. First month, you had everything's back to normal. Investors seem to be quite confident. February, you had the Federal Reserve um, hawkishness come back in and the US jobs data, which startled people again. And then, as you say, you've had the volatility induced by the banking crisis or mini banking crisis, as I see it, uh, in March. So each of those particular events has driven fund flows in that in the, in the March quarter. Are there any more skeletons lurking in the closet? There's always skeletons, Angeline, <laughs> always skeletons. I, I, I think the question is the contagion of this banking crisis. I don't think it's a fully-fledged banking crisis. I don't feel like it's one having worked through the last one. Um, there haven't been any rights issues by the banks yet. There have been, you know, calls have been made on all the debt. So those sorts of signals haven't been reached. Um, does this financial situation tip over into the real economy, I think, is the question we need to ask ourselves. Um, the jury's still out there. You know, if, if companies, if interest rates rising, stop spending or consumption, it might tip over into the real economy. If venture capitalists and private equity can't get funding, that could again spill into the real economy. So I don't see this as one of those pure banking crises that we saw back in 2008-9. When do you think investors can look at um, the headlines and what's been happening with banks and go, oh, phew, the worst is over. It's, it's now stabilised for good. We're not looking uh, uh, around and uh, looking at the back of our shoulder to see if there's anything lurking. Are we there? I don't think we are, Angeline. The, the, we're seeing average investment times in the UK unusually shorten. Um, typically, your average investor might want to invest for five to seven years. That is coming down now towards three years. Um, and that does reflect a certain skittishness. Uh, those investors in mutual funds, they tend to have a longer term horizon than direct equities or commodities. Um, what we have seen is a quite recent volatile flow, flows in and out of mutual funds that are exposed to money markets uh, and, and some more conservative uh, funds. I don't see that necessarily changing, but uh, we are seeing a slight return to a longer term time horizon, especially for equities. Hmm. Interesting that you talk about that skittishness as well, because I'm just looking at the global fund flows. And in terms of money market, we saw $50.5 billion, $50.5 billion in terms of flow in the last month or so. Um, is this going to continue? Are we seeing a stabilization? Interestingly, money market flows have always been um, susceptible to um, the, the, you know, a, a fear of the unknown or, or risk aversion. What you've got at the moment, though, is as interest rates have gone up, they've become slightly more attractive. So typically flows into money market will come out as quickly, um, possibly a month later. But because interest rates are higher, investors are staying there for slightly longer at the moment. Um, also, the retail investors themselves are probably investing slightly more in money, money market funds because of the, they're scared of deposits in the banks. So that's had a bit of a knock-on effect as well. So I, I think that that will probably bounce back. I, I think uh, the, the Calistone data came out recently, um, and that's shown that the, March has been a very good month for, for equity flows in the UK especially. 
Um, and that's a pattern I think that is more normal uh, from my experience. Just give us a sense of the breakdown. Where is the smart money headed if we're seeing this um, transition into equities, if you like? Investors are, the investors that I deal with are certainly looking for more conservative equity portfolios. So they're looking for companies that invest with good balance sheets. They're, not, they're looking for low gearing. Um, a lot of investors now are moving away from the growth story that has been driving markets and are looking more towards the value side of things. Uh, and, you know, I deal with a lot of clients who are asking after dividend income funds mm -hmm. right? um, and global mandates. So if you think for a moment that, you know, some 50% of the MSCI world is now um, yielding more than 1.5%, that gives dividend income investors a great pool in which to fish. So um, you have slightly lower volatility profile for stocks that have good dividend cover. Uh, and I think that's a lot of investors are finding that quite attractive at the moment. Jake, is this caused uh, in part by what we're seeing in Ukraine and also the energy crisis and the slow reopening uh, of China? Uh, how much of this is playing into this mix of uh, equities that uh, your clients are preferring? It's all in the mix. Absolutely right. Um, if, if you look at the way that the macro environment has become so unsettled just after COVID, um, it really hasn't given investors time to catch their breath. Um, but even with interest rates rising as they have, cash still for many investors isn't a long-term proposition. So they have to adopt some risk in their in portfolios. So the, the way to do that is to accept that there is a lot of geopolitical risk going on at the moment, noise, uh, and try and find a way through that. Good companies are good companies and are finding a way to navigate these storms. Uh, good capital discipline, is going to see you through all sorts of geopolitical crises. Um, the investor really does need to sort of identify those opportunities. How about in terms of mixed assets, uh, fixed income, for example? Are you seeing uh, any trends there? Yes, we, we are seeing, uh, certainly I mentioned the global equity income. Um, there's pockets of popularity in UK smaller companies, for example. So there's clearly some risk appetite for longer term growth investors. Um, mixed asset funds are certainly increasing. And this is on the basis of uh, the demographic of investors' ages now. People are looking for solutions-based investing. Um, the flip side to that, of course, is last year was quite a bad year for mixed assets, um, uh, with bonds, bonds being shaken up in the markets so badly. So little scares like that will often push uh, investors back into a pure equity play with a conservative overlay. Um, but certainly mixed asset funds are becoming increasingly popular uh, as volatility um, continues. Given the earnings season is almost upon us, and many of the forecasts that we've seen on Reuters, um, some of the forecasts I've seen on Bloomberg as well, are showing that this year it's going to be pretty much like a Ryanair landing. You know, <laughs> you'll land, but it's going to be a bit rough. Um, and certainly not as uh, um, exciting as perhaps next year is going to be in terms of growth and recovery. So where would you, where would you advise clients to seek cover of if they're investing this year? I would um, suggest they seriously consider companies with very strong capital discipline, good return on invested capital. Uh, those companies that have got a few years of demonstrable growth in, in that. Um, this is because they've already weathered the storm. Okay, we know that pricing power is good, um, but pricing power without without good margins is not necessarily the way to go either. So you've got to have good active stock pickers that are able to see through um, the company's moats, um, but you want that capital discipline. You want 
good dividend discipline, you want uh, um, you know good inventory management, uh, and you want to make sure that you've got a good captain steering the ships of the companies that uh, you're investing in. Right. So good leader, um, good um, dividends, uh, and good um, inventories. That's stuff that you're looking out for that um, uh, investors like. How about um, trends and what investors are avoiding? And that's also key for our clients because they also have this ability to shore. What are what are the trends telling us about what investors are avoiding? I think you've mentioned something already, Angeline. The the earnings season. A lot of analysts will be looking towards whether the tech. You know, to what extent tech can stay as a prominent part of, of the market. Um, a lot of these tech companies, NVIDIA you've mentioned, um, as long as they are producing good earnings, should be um, able to stay buoyant. But as soon as some of these tech companies miss earnings targets or are revealed to be lacking in their earnings, this could be something that sends off that company into a bit of a tailspin. Um, companies that are speculative, that don't have, a, you know, that have, have, have raised money, that don't know quite what to do with it, if they're sitting on a lot of cash and they're not buying back stock, um, you've got to have managers that are really investing to make sure that the moats of these companies are strong. Um, I would avoid anything that's too highly leveraged. Um, we know that in periods of volatility, high leverage is really, really bad. So. Um, leverage in itself isn't bad as long as it's structured properly. Um, if you've got locked yourself into some good low interest rates, yeah, probably not as bad as a lot of the same amount of leverage with shorter rate exposure. So uh, avoid leverage, that would be one of my tips. Thank you very much, uh, Jake. Jake Muller from uh, Square Mile Research there talking to IGTV.